Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Hey, spiritual warriors, this is Faith Cawthon Green coming back for another episode of War in the Spirit podcast. I'm excited to bring this episode to you today because it literally just dropped in my spirit like an hour ago, and it was so heavy and so on point for the time that we are in now that I had to do it right now. I wasn't even going to record a podcast this week, but God had his own plans. So you are tuning in for season number five, episode number four, entitled No More Common Sense. So, you know, I was the thing that led me to this thought process and this revelation that God gave me today was I was thinking about, you know, all of the things that are happening in the world and how everyone has their own opinion about how we should be responding to what's happening in the world. Everyone has their own opinion about what we should do about the pandemic, what we should do about uh, racism, what we should do about the economy, what we should do about politics. Everybody has their own perception and their own opinion about what we should be doing. And it's so funny because I just hear everybody saying now, oh, common sense just ain't common. And I, it makes me laugh because I really watch, you know, I, I don't say a lot on social media lately. I just kind of watch to see what people are saying and how people think and, and what their perceptions are and what their mindsets are. It's like I'm just kind of taking inventory of the people. and. Like everybody has something different to say. There's no real consensus about what we should be doing, which is so interesting because everybody seems to think that their version is common sense, right? But you know the funny thing about common sense? I, I <laughs> we we like to think that, you know, people always say, Oh, when God didn't give you no common sense. And I was thinking about that to myself and I thought to myself, what is godly about common sense? So I began to really pick this apart. So I looked up the definition of common sense. Here's what here's what Miriam Webster says. It says, good sense and sound judgment in practical matters. And I thought to myself, when has God ever been practical? So, so let's break down common sense even more. Let's break down the definition of common. The first definition of common, of or relating to a community at large, characterized by a lack of privilege or special status, falling below ordinary standards. Now, please tell me, 
Which of those describes God to you? Is, is God characterized by lack of privilege or special status? Is he related to community at large? Because my Bible says that we are a, a common, we, we are a chosen people, a, a royal priesthood. A, 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 we are set apart of peculiar people. But we're operating in the same mindsets as the community at large. Uh, falling below ordinary standards. Please tell me, when has anything of God been below an ordinary standard? Everything of God is above standard. This got me lacking refinement. <laughs> common see God refines his people he burns away things he he trims things away he he makes them better lacking refinement is common now look at let's look at the word sense conscious awareness or rationality rationality when is what God does rational since a definite but often vague awareness or impression God ain't vague you see there is no consensus in common sense that's the funny thing about common sense it's it's actually not even common we're, I'm looking at what everybody is saying about what they think common sense is and how we how they think we should be moving. And there ain't even no consensus in it. Everybody has something different to say. That's not even common. In fact, the only thing common about common sense is common sense itself. The fact that everybody is trying to operate in common sense. And ain't nobody on the same accord. There's nothing common about it. You see, everyone has their own definition of what common sense is in, in each scenario. E even more why it's a trick of the enemy. It's not even common. I mean, every time we make reference to what we should do or what they say, see my air quotes, we should do. No one can even define who they is. I mean, who is they? They say you should go to school. They say you should get a job. They say you should do this. They say, who is the this proverbial they? You know, you know why? It's because deception is faceless and nameless. That's why we can't pinpoint who the they is. It lurks in the dark, waiting for an opportunity to creep in and take hold of your mind, your thoughts, and your ideas, which then governs everything else. How you move, how you respond, your heart posture, your actions, everything. And for what? You're using a lifeless, faceless life coach that you can't even identify. Common sense that ain't god god is clear 
He is decisive. He is evident in all that he does. He tells you how to find him and identify him and all that is connected to him. When have you ever known anything of God to either be common or to make sense? (laughs) So why are we assuming that common sense is what God wants us to use in this peculiar, unprecedented time. You see, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, his his thoughts are not common. The proverbial they cannot tell you what God said. The proverbial they cannot give you divine wisdom. The proverbial they cannot give you understanding of what a divine, omnipotent, sovereign God is doing right now in this time. So common sense is not the thing that should be governing you right now. You see, common sense is what got Adam and Eve in trouble. It's it's, it's clever, just like the serpent, slithering its way into your mind to convince you that you know better than God. You see, that serpent used common sense as a device against Eve. God had already told her not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but the enemy used common sense to convince her. Let's look at it. Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, common sense, it's food. I should eat it. It's good. And that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate. See, the tree looked desirable to make you wise. See, there's a difference between earthly wisdom and godly wisdom. They are not the same thing. You see, earthly wisdom is often common sense. Godly wisdom is not. It is higher than earthly wisdom. And she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked. See, see, when they did the thing that God told them not to do, what happened? They became naked. They were no longer covered. And they sewed fig leaves. Then what did they do? They they did a, a, a fleshly thing to cover themselves. See, but before they were covered in glory, they were they were covered in, in God's protection. They were covered in his hedge. They didn't even need to worry about the fact that they were naked, but they used common 
sins and made themselves loin coverings. You see, common sense is what got Saul in trouble. In 1 Samuel 15, one through three, it says, then Saul said, then Samuel said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you as king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, listen to the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he set himself against him on the way while he was coming up from Egypt. Now go and strike Amalek and utterly destroy all that he has and do not spare him, but put to death both man and woman, child and infant, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Then verses seven through 10 say, so Saul defeated the Amalekites from Havilah. And as you go to Shur, which is east of Egypt, he captured Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And were not willing to destroy them utterly, but everything despised and worthless that they utterly destroyed. See, let me take a pause right here. God is telling Saul, destroy the good thing. <laughs> God told Eve, don't eat the good thing. She said it was good for food. Saul said, oh, these possessions of the Amalekites are good. But see, that's the difference between the good thing and the God thing. Common sense will have you adopt the good thing. Common sense will have you eat the good thing. Common sense will have you embrace the good thing. Common sense will have you save the good thing. And abandon the God thing. There is a difference. And then verse 10 says, then the word of the Lord came to Saul saying, I regret that I have made Saul king for he has turned back from following me and has not carried out my commands. So just as I talked last week about the good thing dying, here it is. We see two people operate in common sense because they thought a thing was good and it got them out of position. Common sense is what got the people destroyed in the flood in Genesis 7. Noah is building an ark and they are looking like, but there ain't no rain. We ain't never seen no rain before. What are you going to do with this big boat until the rain shows up? Common sense. See, common sense is what caused Abraham and Sarah to use Hagar to create Ishmael in Genesis 16. They created, they tried to manufacture a promise. But see, Ishmael was just the good thing. It wasn't the God thing. Common sense will have you chasing the good thing and abandon the God thing and keep you out of position and out of covenant to receive the God thing. Common sense is what led the Pharisees to turn the temple into a den of merchants and thieves and robbers in Matthew 21, 12 through 13. And it says, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple. 
and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall not be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a robber's den. <laughs> See, common sense led them to think they needed money so they could use the temple as a place of opportunity. <laughs> As a as a place to for self gain, common sense is what led Judas to betray Jesus. Why? Because money, and common sense is what led him to suicide over that mistake. Common sense is what caused Jesus to be crucified. Mark eight twenty seven through thirty three says. Jesus went out along with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he questioned his disciples, saying to them, who do people say that I am? They told him, saying, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, but others say one of the prophets. Common sense. See, nobody has sought divine wisdom for the identity of Jesus. And thus they chose to crucify him. And verse 29 says, and he continued by questioning them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered and said to him, you are the Christ. And he warned them to tell no one about him. See, that's the difference between earthly wisdom and divine wisdom. See, they operated in earthly wisdom saying, oh, he's John the Baptist, he's Elijah, he's one of the prophets. But Peter operated in divine wisdom under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And he was able to identify him as the Christ. And verse 31 said, and he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days rise again. And he was stating the matter plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning around and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's. See, common sense is what caused Peter to rebuke the idea of Jesus's suffering and his crucifixion. See, that's how the enemy works. He uses deception. He uses common sense to make you think that a thing is not God because it doesn't make sense because you think that it's not what God would do. Common sense is what will have people going back to church buildings in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> a thing that God is clearly orchestrating to lock us in. But see, common sense says, well, we are the church, but we are the church in or out of the building. At least we are supposed to be. But that's a talk for another day. See. Common sense could have told the children of Israel to go out of their houses or not paint blood over their doors in the midst of the plague of the firstborn in Exodus 11. They could have said, well, we are the chosen people. We can assemble. But God did not exempt them from the plague. He gave them a set of instructions. He said, paint blood over your door and stay in your house. And that is what he's calling us to do. But we all trying to operate in common 
sense. You see, common sense is not divine wisdom. When there is divine wisdom, there is consensus. Why? Because when you speak divine wisdom, you are speaking from the mind, the heart, the thoughts, or the instructions of God. There is a consensus because everyone has gone to the same source. See, this is why everyone is saying something different. Those who proclaim to be followers of God, those who proclaim to be a voice for God, those who proclaim to be his leaders in, in the church. But why is everybody saying something different? Why is everybody giving their own different opinion? Because they're not going to the one source. Just like Babel. Genesis 11, 1 through 9. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. See, that's how God created it. For us all to speak the same language. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. They said, come, let us build for ourselves a city. <laughs> they didn't say, let us build it for God. They said, let us build it for ourselves. And a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So they built something for themselves. They operated in their own understanding. They operated in their own agenda. They operated under their own plan. Then verse five says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. See, it wasn't a thing that God had built. Man built it. And that's what's happening with us among the church. We're building things for ourselves. We're building things to build ourselves up. But it's not a thing that God built. We're operating in common sense. And we're allowing it to take us to chase after the good thing and not the God thing. Verse six says, the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they all have the same language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down. And there confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the world, of the whole earth. And they stopped building the city. <laughs> Therefore, see, my God, see, because we're not all speaking the same language, a city, a church, a temple cannot be built for God. Why? Because we are confused. Because we are so busy building a thing for ourselves. Why? Because the proverbial they says we should. 
And verse 9 says, Therefore its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. You see, he has to confuse us to stop us from building a thing for ourselves. Until we come into consensus to build a thing for him. So that's what's happening right now. So when you listen to people talk and when you speak yourself, ask yourself, what is the source? There is no nonsense among the people of God because everyone, oh, there is no consensus among the people of God because everyone is using common sense and no one is using divine wisdom. You see, common sense is what had the Israelites roaming the wilderness for 40 years. So here it is. We're in the year 2020. Everybody said the year of 2020 was the year of clear vision. But God says 2020 is the year where our vision comes into alignment with his vision. So 2020 equals 40. 40, the number representing wilderness. So here it is. God has turned the whole earth into a wilderness. There's a pandemic. There's economic hardship. There's a uh, racism, there's hatred, there's all these political issues going on. Things are all turned topsy-turvy. Things are drying up. <laughs> he created a wilderness just so he can do a new thing. So here's the question. Will you get caught roaming in the wilderness? Will you get caught in the wilderness? Are you going to be stuck roaming in this wilderness for the next 40 years? Because God is calling you back from the confusion to which you have been scattered. Isaiah 11, 11 through 12 says, then it will happen on that day that the Lord will again recover the second time with his hand, the remnant of his people who will remain from Assyria, Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and from the islands of the sea. And he will lift up a standard for the nations and assemble the banished ones of Israel and will gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. But in order for that to happen, in order for him to call you back from whence you've been scattered, you have got to stop operating in common sense. You have got to stop chasing the good thing and start chasing the God thing. You see, he's calling us back into one heart and one mind. And I'm going to leave you with this final thought. Philippians 2, 1 through 13. 
be like Christ. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the spirit, if any affection and compassion make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. <laughs> For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed him on him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So now is the time to take inventory. Are you operating in common sense? Are you chasing your own personal interest? Are you operating in the likeness of Jesus? Not with self or empty conceit, but with humility of mind? Are you operating of the same mind, of the same love united in spirit intent on one purpose? Is there a consensus or is there just common sense? Govern yourselves accordingly. Well, spiritual warriors, that's the word. Brief, concise, but so heavy, so imperative that you seek, that you ask, that you knock, that you search yourself. That you test your spirit by God's spirit to see if you are in alignment. No more common sense.
I pray that you will allow this word to convict you and that you do the work to realign yourself with God's will for your life so that you can co-labor in what he's doing right now because it is to the benefit of his kingdom. Now you have to decide, will you be in the kingdom or will you be outside the kingdom? Because he is not permitting anyone to straddle the fence anymore. You're going to choose a side. No more lukewarm. Either you're going to be hot or you're going to be cold. You're going to be inside the protection of the kingdom or you're going to be outside with the world. Test your heart. Test your spirit with his spirit, not with the proverbial they. I love you. If you have questions, if you want more insight, if you want help walking this out, you may reach out to me at via email at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook at War in the Spirit 11 on Instagram at GotFaith1222. If you feel led to sow on this word, you may do so at Cash App dollar sign War in the Spirit or Venmo at War in the Spirit. I pray that you govern yourselves accordingly. And I pray that you seek the truth of the now. I love you. Be blessed and be informed in divine wisdom. Bye.